Chapter 100 of The Headless Horseman. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John B. The Headless Horseman, A Strange Tale of Texas by Maine Reed. Chapter 100. Joy. Joy. There was this under the evergreen oak when it was discovered that only the suicide was a success and the attempt at assassination a failure there was this in the heart of louise poindexter on learning that her lover still lived though saddened by the series of tragedies so quickly transpiring she was but human and being woman who can blame her for giving way to the subdued happiness that succeeded not i not you if you speak truly the passion that controlled her may not be popular under a strictly puritan standard still it is according to the dictates of nature universal and irresistible telling us that father mother sister and brother are all to be forsaken for that love illimitable on earth only exceeded sometimes scarce equalled by the love of self do not reproach the young creole because this passion was paramount in her soul do not blame her for feeling pleasure amidst moments that should otherwise have been devoted to sadness nor that her happiness was heightened on learning from the astonished spectators how her lover's life had been preserved as it might seem miraculously the aim of the assassin had been true enough he must have felt sure of it before turning the muzzle towards his own temples and firing the bullet that had lodged in his brain right over the heart he had hit his intended victim and through the heart would the leaden missile have made its way but that the gage de moor the gift of her who alone could have secured it such a place turned aside the shot causing it to ricochet not harmlessly however since it struck one of the spectators standing too close to the spot not quite harmless either was it to him for whom it had been intended the stunning shock with the mental and corporeal excitement long sustained did not fail to produce its effect and the mind of maurice gerald once more returned to its delirious dreaming but no longer lay his body in danger in the chaparral surrounded by wolves and shadowed by soaring vultures in a hut where he was but ill attended in a jail where he was scarce cared for at all when again restored to consciousness it was to discover that the fair vision of his dreams was no vision at all but a lovely woman the loveliest on the leona or in all texas if you like by name louise poindexter there was now no one to object to her nursing him not even her own father the spirit of the aristocratic planter steeped in sorrow and humiliated by misfortune had become purged of its false pride 
though it needed not this to make him willingly acquiesce in an alliance which instead of a nobody gave him a nobleman for his son such in reality was sir maurice gerald erst known as maurice the mustanger in texas the title would have counted for little nor did its owner care to carry it but by a bit of good fortune not always attendant on an irish baronetcy it carried along with it an endowment ample enough to clear casa del corvo of the mortgage held by the late cassius calhoun and claimed by his nearest of kin this was not woodley poindexter for after calhoun's death it was discovered that the ex-captain had once been a benedict and there was a young scion of his stock living in new orleans who had the legal right to say he was his son it mattered not to maurice gerald who now clear of every entanglement became the husband of the fair creole after a visit to his native land including the european tour which was also that of his honeymoon sir maurice swayed by his inclinations once more returned to texas and made casa del corvo his permanent home the blue-eyed colleen of castle bala must have been a myth having existence only in the erratic fancy of phalem or it may have been the bud of a young love blighted ere it reached blooming by absence oft fatal to such tender plants of passion whether or no louise poindexter lady gerald she must now be called during her sojourn in the emerald isle saw nothing to excite her to jealousy only once again did this fell passion take possession of her spirit and then only in the shape of a shadow soon to pass away it was one day when her husband came home to the hacienda bearing in his arms the body of a beautiful woman not yet dead though the blood streaming from a wound in her bared bosom showed she had not long to live to the question who has done this she was only able to answer diaz diaz it was the last utterance of isadora Covarubio de los lanos as the spirit of the unhappy senorita passed into eternity along with it all rancor from that of her more fortunate rival there can be no jealousy of the dead that of lady gerald was at rest and for ever it was succeeded by a strong sympathy for the ill-fated isadora whose story she now better comprehended she even assisted her lord in the saddling of his red bay steed and encouraged him in the pursuit of the assassin she joyed to see the latter led back at the end of a lazo held in the hand of her husband and refused to interfere when a band of regulators called hastily together dealt out summary chastisement by hanging him to a tree it was not cruelty only a crude kind of justice an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth 
and what a poor compensation it seemed to those who had taken part in extracting it as they stood gazing upon the remains of the villain and his victim the swarth ruffian dangling from the branch above and the fair form lying underneath the hearts of the texans were touched as perhaps they had never been before there was a strange thought passing through their minds a sadness independent of that caused by the spectacle of a murder it was regret at having so hastily dispatched the assassin beautiful even in death was isadora such features as she possessed owe not everything to the light of life that voluptuous shape the true form divine may be admired in the cold statue men stood gazing upon her dead body long gazing loath to go away at length going with thoughts not altogether sacred in the physical world time is accounted the destroyer though in the moral it is oft the restorer nowhere has it effected greater changes than in texas during the last decade and especially in the settlements of nueces and leona plantations have sprung up where late the chaparral thickly covered the earth and cities stand where the wild steed once roamed over a pathless prairie there are new names for men places and things for all this there are those who could conduct you to an ancient hacienda still known as casa del corvo once there you would become the recipient of a hospitality unequalled in european lands you would have for your host one of the handsomest men in texas for your hostess one of its most beautiful women both still this side of middle life residing under their roof you would find an old gentleman of aristocratic air and venerable aspect withal chatty and cheerful who would conduct you around the corrales show you the stock and never tire of talking about the hundreds by thousands of horses and horned cattle seen roaming over the pastures of the plantation you would find this old gentleman very proud upon many points but more especially of his beautiful daughter the mistress of the mansion and the half-dozen pretty prattlers who cling to his skirts and call him their dear grandpa leaving him for a time you would come in contact with two other individuals attached to the establishment one is the groom of the stole by name phelim o'neill who has full charge of the horses the other a coachman of sable skin yclept pluto poindexter who would scorn to look at a horse except when perched upon the box and after having the ribbons deftly delivered into his hands since we last saw him the gay pluto has become tamed down to a staid and sober benedict black though he be florinda now the better half of his life has effected the transformation there is one other name known at casa del corvo with whom you cannot fail to become acquainted you will hear it mentioned almost every time you sit down to dinner 
for you'll be told that the turkey at the head of the table or the venison at the opposite end is the produce of a rifle that rarely misses its aim during the course of the meal but much more over the wine you will hear talk of zeb stump the hunter you may not often see him he will be gone from the hacienda before you're out of bed and back only after you have retired but the huge gobbler seen in the smoke-house or the haunch of venison hanging by its side are evidence he has been there while sojourning at casa del corvo you may get hints of a strange story connected with the place now almost reduced to a legend the domestics will tell it you but only in whispers since they know that it is a theme tabooed by the master and mistress of the mansion in whom it excites sad souvenirs it is the story of the headless horseman end of the headless horseman a strange tale of texas by main reed